0: The Fir Tree Christmas Stories Collection Out in the woods stood a nice little fir tree. The place he had was a very good one. The sun shone on him as to fresh air. There was enough of that, and around him grew many large-sized comrades, pines as well as firs. But the little fir wanted so very much to be a grown-up tree. He did not think of the warm sun and of the fresh air. He did not care for the little cottage children that ran about and prattled when they were in the woods looking for wild strawberries. The children often came with a whole pitcher full of berries, or a long row of them threaded on a straw, and sat down near the young tree and said, Oh, how purty he is, what a nice little fur! But this was what the tree could not bear to hear. At the end of a year he had shot up a good deal, and after another year he was another long bit taller. "'for with fir trees one can always tell by the shoots "'how many years old they are. "'Oh, were I but a, but such a high tree as the others are,' sighed he, "'then I should be able to spread out my branches "'and with the tops to look into the wide world. "'Then would the birds build nests among my branches, "'and when there was a breeze I could bend "'with as much stateliness as the others. "'Neither the sunbeams, nor the birds, nor the red clouds.' which morning and evening sailed above them, gave the little tree any pleasure. In winter, when the snow lay glittering on the ground, a hare would often come leaping along and jump right over the little tree. Oh, that made him so angry! But two winters were passed, and in the third the tree was so large that the hare was obliged to go round it. To grow and grow, to get older and be taller, thought the tree. That after all is the most delightful thing in the world. In autumn the woodcutters always came and felled some of the largest trees. This happened every year, and the young fir tree, that had now grown to a very comely size, trembled at the sight, for the magnificent great trees fell to the earth with noise and cracking. The branches were loped off, and the trees looked long and bare. They were hardly to be recognized, and then they were laid in carts, and the horses dragged them out of the woods. Where did they go to? What became of them? In spring, when the swallows and the storks came, the tree asked them, "Don't you know where they have been taken? Have you not met them anywhere?" The swallows did not know anything about it, but the stork looked amu- looked musing, nodded his head, and said, "Yes, I think I know. I met many ships as I was flying hither from Egypt. On the ships were magnificent masters, and I venture to assert that it was that they, was they that smelt so of fur." i may congratulate you for they lifted themselves on high most majestically oh where are i but old enough to fly across the sea but how does the sea look in reality what is it like that would take a long time to explain said the stork and with these words off he went Rejoice in thy growth, said the sunbeams. Rejoice in thy vigorous growth, and in the fresh life that moveth within thee. And the wind kissed the tree, and the dew wept tears over him, but the fir understood it not. When Christmas came, quite young trees were cut down, trees which often were not even as large or of the same age as this fir tree, who could never rest, but always wanted to be off. These young trees, and they were always the finest looking, retained their branches, They were laid on carts, and the horses drew them out of the woods. Where are they going to? asked the fir. They are not taller than I. There was was one, indeed, that was considerably shorter. And why do they retain all their branches? Whither are they taken? We know, we know, chirped the sparrows. We have peeped in at the windows in the town below. We know whither they are taken. The greatest splendor and the greatest magnificence one can imagine await them we peeped through the windows and saw them planted in the middle of the warm room and ornamented with the most splendid things with gout with gouted apples with gingerbread with toys and many hundred delights and then asked the fir tree trembling in every bow and then what happens then we did not see anything more it was incomparably beautiful "'I would fain know if I am destined for so glorious a career,' cried the tree, rejoicing. "'That is still better than to cross the sea. "'What a longing do I suffer! "'Were Christmas but come! "'I am now tall, and my branches spread like the others that were carried off last year. "'Oh, were I but already on the cart? "'Where are I in the warm room with all the splendor and magnificence? "'Yes, then something better, something still grander, will surely follow, "'or wherefore should they thus ornament me?' something better something still grander must follow but what oh how i long how i suffer i do not know myself what is the matter with me rejoice in our presence said the air and the sunlight rejoice in thy own fresh youth but the tree did not rejoice at all he grew and grew and was green both winter and summer people that saw him said what a fine tree and toward christmas he was one of the first that was cut down The axe struck deep into the very pith. The tree fell to the earth with a sigh. He felt a pang. It was like a swoon. He could not think of happiness, for he was sorrowful at being separated from his home, from the place where he had sprung up. He knew well that he should never see his dear old comrades, the little bushes and flowers around him, any more. Perhaps not even the birds. The departure was not at all agreeable. The tree only came to himself when he was unloaded in a courtyard with other trees, and heard a man say, That one is splendid, we don't want the others. Then two servants came in rich and carried the fir tree into a large and splendid drawing room. Portraits were hanging on the walls, and near the white porcelain stove stood two large Chinese vases with lions on the covers. There, too, were large easy chairs, silken sofas, large tables full of picture books and full of toys worth hundreds and hundreds of crowns, at least the children said so, and the fir tree was stuck upright in a cask that was filled with sand. But no one could see that it was a cast, for green cloth was hung all round it, and it stood on a large, gaily coloured carpet. Oh, how the tree quivered! What was to happen? The servants as well as the young ladies decorated it. On one branch there hung little nets cut out of coloured paper, and each net was filled with sugar plums, and among the other bows gouted apples and walnuts were suspended, looking as though they had grown there, and little blue and white tapers were placed among the leaves. Dolls that looked for all the world like men, the tree had never beheld such before, were seen among the foliage, and at the very top a large star of gold tinsel was fixed, it was really splendid, beyond description splendid. This evening, said they all, how it will shine this evening. Oh, thought the tree, if the evening were but come, if the tapers were but lighted, then I wonder what will happen." Perhaps other trees from the forest will come to look at me. Perhaps the sparrows will beat against the window panes. I wonder if I shall take root here, and winter and summer stand covered with ornaments. He knew very much about the matter, but he was so impatient that for sheer longing he got a pain in his back, and this with trees is the same thing as a headache with us the candles were now lighted what brightness what splendor the tree trembled so in every bow that one of the tapers set fire to the foliage it blazed up splendidly help help cried the young ladies and they quickly put out the fire now the tree did not even dare tremble what a state he was in he was so uneasy lest he should lose something of his splendor that he was quite bewildered amidst the glare and brightness When suddenly both folding doors opened and a troop of children rushed in as if they would upset the tree, the older persons followed quietly. The little ones stood quite still, but it was only for a moment. Then they shouted so that the whole place re-echoed with their rejoicing. They danced around the tree and one present after the other was pulled off. "'What are they about?' thought the tree. "'What has happened now?' "'The lights burned down to the very branches, "'and as they burned down, they were put out, "'one after the other, and then the children had permission to plunder the tree. "'So they fell upon it with such violence "'that all its branches cracked. "'If it had not been fixed firmly in the cask, "'it would certainly have tumbled down. "'Children danced about with their beautiful playthings. "'No one looked at the tree except the old nurse "'who peeped between the branches, "'but it was only to see if there was a fig "'or an apple left that had been forgotten.' A story, a story cried the children, drawing a little fat man toward the tree. He seated himself under it and said, Now we are in the shade, and the tree can listen too, but I shall tell only one story. Now which will you have? Eh, that about Ivedy-avidy, or about Clumpy Dumpy, who tumbled downstairs and yet, after all, came to the throne and married the princess? Avidy Avidy cried some. Clumpy Dumpy cried the others. There was such a bawling and screaming, the fir tree alone was silent. And he thought to himself, Am I not to bawl with the rest? Am I not to do nothing, whatever? For he was one of the company, and had done what he had to do. And the man told about Clumpy Dumpy, that tumbled down, who notwithstanding came to the throne, and at last married the princess. And the children clapped their hands, and cried out, Oh, go on, do go on. They wanted to hear about Ivy Avady too but the little man only told them about clumpy dumpy the fir tree stood quite still absorbed in thought the birds in the woods had never related the like of this clumpy dumpy fell downstairs and yet he married the princess yes yes that's the way of the world thought the fir tree and believed it all because the man who told the story was so good looking well well who knows perhaps i may fall downstairs too and get a princess's wife and he looked forward with joy to the morrow, when he hoped to be decked out again with lights, playthings, fruits, and tinsel. I won't tremble to-morrow, thought the fir-tree. I want joy to the full, all my splendor. To-morrow I shall hear again the story of Clumpy Dumpy, and perhaps that of Ivady. Avady, too. And the whole night the tree stood still, and in deep thought in the morning the servant and the housemaid came in now then the splendor will begin again thought the fir but they dragged him out of the room and up the stairs into the loft and here in a dark corner where no daylight could enter they left him what's the meaning of this thought the tree what am i to do here what shall i hear now i wonder and he leaned against the wall lost in revere time enough had he too for his reflections for days and nights passed on and nobody came up and when at last somebody did come it was only to put some great trunks in a corner out of the way there stood the tree quite hidden it seemed as if he had been entirely forgotten tis now winter out of doors thought the tree the earth is hard and covered with snow men cannot plant me now and therefore i have been put up here under shelter till the springtime comes how thoughtful that is how kind man is after all if it only were not so dark here and so terribly lonely, not even a hare, and out in the woods it was so pleasant when the snow was on the ground and the hare leaped by. Yes, even when he jumped over me, but I did not like it then. It is really terribly lonely here. Squeak, squeak, said a little mouse at the same moment, peeping out of his hole. And then another little one came. They sniffed about the fir tree and rustled among the branches. It is dreadfully cold, said the mouse, but for that it would be delightful here, old firth, wouldn't it? "'I am by no means old,' said the fir-tree. "'There's many a one considerably older than I am. "'Where do you come from?' asked the mice. "'And what can you do?' "'They were so extremely curious. "'Tell us about the most beautiful spot on the earth. "'Have you never been there? "'Were you never in the larder, "'where cheeses lie on the shelves "'and hams hang far above, "'where one dances about on tallow candles "'that place where one eat, enters lean "'and comes out again fat and portly?' "'I know no such place,' said the tree, "'but I know the woods where the sun shines "'and where the little birds sing.' "'And then he told all about his youth, "'and the little mice had never heard the light before, "'and they listened and said, "'Well, to be sure, how much you have seen! "'How happy you must have been!' I said the fir tree, "'thinking over what he had himself related. "'Yes, in reality, those were happy times. "'And then he told about Christmas Eve, "'when he was decked out with cakes and candles. "'Oh,' said the little mice, "'how fortunate you have been, old fir tree!' I am by no means old, said he. I came from the woods this winter. I am in my prime, and am only rather short for my age. What delightful stories you know, said the mice. And The next night they came with four other little mice, who were to hear what the tree recounted. And the more he related, the more plainly he remembered all himself, and it appeared as if those times had really been happy times. But there may still come the— But they may still come, they may still come. Clumpy Dumpy fell downstairs, and yet he got a princess, and he thought at the moment of a nice little birch tree growing out in the woods to the fir that would be a real charming princess. Who is Clumpy Dumpy? asked the mice. So then the fir tree told the whole fairy tale, for he could remember every single word of it, and the little mice jumped for joy up to the very top of the tree. Next night, two more mice came, and on Sunday, two rats, even. But they said the stories were not interesting, which vexed the little mice, and they, too, now began to think them not so very amusing, either. "'Do you know only one story?' asked the rats. "'Only that one,' answered the tree. I heard it on my happiest evening, but I did not then know how happy I was. "'It is a very stupid story. Don't you know one about bacon and tallow candles? Can't you tell any larder stories?' "'No,' said the tree. "'Then good-bye,' said the rats, and they went home. Last the little mice stayed away also, and the trees sighed. After all, it was very pleasant when the sleek little mice sat around me and listened to what I told them. Now, that too is over, but I will take good care to enjoy myself when I am brought out again. But when was that to be? why one morning there came a quantity of people and set to work in the loft the trunks were moved the tree was pulled out and thrown rather hard it is true down on the floor but a man drew him toward the stairs where the daylight shone now a merry life will begin again thought the tree he felt the fresh air the first sunbeam and now he was out in the courtyard all passed so quickly that there was so much going on around him that the tree quite forgot to look to himself the court adjoined a garden, and all was in flower. The roses hung so fresh and odorous over the balustrade. The lindens were in blossom. The swallows flew by and said, Quiver it my husband is come but it was not the fir tree that they meant. Now then I shall really enjoy life, said he exultingly, and spread out his branches. But alas They were all withered and yellow. It was in a corner that he lay among weeds and nettles. The golden star of Tinsel was still on the top of the tree and glittered in the sunshine. In the courtyard, some of the merry children were playing, who had danced at Christmas around the fir tree, and were so glad at the sight of him. One of the youngest ran and tore off the golden star. Only look, what is still on the ugly old Christmas tree? said he, trampling on the branches so that they all cracked beneath his feet. The tree beheld all the beauty of the flowers and the freshness in the garden. He beheld himself and wished he had remained in his dark corner in the loft. He thought of his first youth in the woods, of the merry Christmas Eve, and the little mice who had listened with so much pleasure to the story of clumpy dumpy. Tis over, tis past, said the poor tree, had I but rejoiced when I had reason to do so. But now, tis past, tis past, and the gardener's boy chopped the tree into small pieces. There was a whole heap lying there. The wood flamed up splendidly under the large brewing copper, and it sighed so deeply. Each sigh was like a shot. The boys played a about in the court and the youngest wore the gold star on his breast with the tree had had on the happiest evening of his life however that was over now the tree gone the story at an end all was over every tale must end at last